When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony Defio, and I thank you for joining me on this lovely Friday night in Pittsburgh. And believe it or not, it is kind of lovely for December 16th as I'm doing this show. It's December 16th as we are live from Pittsburgh, PA. And as I happen to be now, the world, whether it's live, watching me somewhere else, or somewhere days later, listening to me on an audio platform of your choosing. I hope it's lovely there, too, for December, whenever. And continue with tonight's show, as always, I would like to ask you to like and subscribe to our Behind the Store Curtain YouTube channel. We bring you live shows each and every day and night. We have this show, of course. Earlier on Friday, we had the touch. Touchdown under show, Mark Davidson and Maddie Peverall, the blokes from Australia. Let's take on the Panthers. Every Monday at five-ish, we have the Hangover with Brian Anthony Davis and Shannon White and yours truly. Tuesday, we have the Scobro Show, Tuesday evening, with Dave Schofield and Rich Schofield. Wednesday, we have Know Your Enemy with Jeffrey Benedict and Shannon. Thursday, we had the very popular Steelers preview with Jeff Hartman, Dave, and Brian. Uh, we have the State of the Steelers uh, with uh, Daniel J. We have We Run the North with Kevin Tate and his, his gang. They discuss all things AFC North related. And of course, you can catch all those live shows on Facebook Live. So if you're watching me on Facebook right now, you know that, as I always ask you to do, please keep the comments civil. It's Facebook. It's hard to do. I realize that. But please keep it civil. For me, it's the holidays. And of course, you can catch all those live shows after the fact on any audio platform of your choosing. I like iHeartRadio, but anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find Behind Still Curtains podcasting family. And we have also audio-only Original podcast, including Bad Language with Brian Anthony Davis. From the Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict. The War Room with Maddie Peverall. What you talking about with Kyle Kreiss. 
a Steelers fix with Jeremy Pobar. Let's ride with uh, Jeff Hartman. Uh, we have uh, Stat Geek with Dave Schofield. We have Bad Language with Brian. The Go Show with Brian and uh, Kevin Smith, the very uh, knowledgeable Kevin Smith. Uh, so please check those shows out. And again, you can catch them on any audio platform. And of course, check out Behind the Steel Curtain, the editorial side. We bring you news. We bring you commentary, film breakdown. Anytime there's a, a, a story of any kind, they get it up for you. So please check it out. It's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers needs. And let's show our chat tonight. And so far, we have first one in with Jared Devil. And he, won, he wins one tonight. He's the first one in the building. Uh, Craig Lawson joins us from Facebook. Steeler Chick 46. Uh, George Hoop, who says, my feed is not good right now. That was uh, three minutes ago, so hopefully it's gotten better. Uh, uh, how are you guys doing? Uh, Mary Elena is with us tonight. Ron Schultz from Facebook. So welcome aboard, gang. Uh, and let's hope that my feed is okay so let's start things off by talking about last week's game that annoying very annoying loss to the ravens at acrosure stadium uh the loss dropped pittsburgh five and uh it was a game that really you know they could have won you know uh it was uh your typical loss at home to the ravens where it felt like they got away with something <laughs> they got they got they got they got away like a heel wrestler would get away uh with their title intact even though they got dominated the whole game not that the ravens got dominated but pittsburgh really you know mitch trubisky came in uh for a, an injured uh kenny pickett in the game and uh you know pickett had to leave with that uh, with concussion symptoms you know he, he suffered a, a um a sack early in the game where he smacked the back head. Uh, he was initially cleared to come back in after being examined. And then it was determined that symptoms arose after that. And he was ruled out for the re remainder of the game. Trubisky came in and really, I mean, to be fair, he, I mean, the offense looked better. They, they moved, then I shouldn't say looked better. The offense, so good with him in there and and they moved earlier when, when he came in for a, a again a concussed kenny pickett uh he made some fantastic throws once they got in the red zone or close to the red zone he, he made critical mistakes uh three interceptions where uh, two of them came in the first half uh, late in the first half when it looked like Pittsburgh was about to take control of the game. You know, they fell behind 10, nothing early. Uh, it got to within 10, seven. And just when it looked like they were about to take control of the game, uh, Trubisky threw an interception to Rokon Smith. He made a great play over the middle. He was trying to hit Pat Fryermuth over the middle. We, we, we talked a lot about uh, them utilizing the middle of the field. And ironically enough, they do that in this instance, and it, it gets picked off and kills the drive. And, of course, the Ravens 
marched down the field after that and, and, and kicked the field goal to make it 13-7. But fear not, because the Steelers, at the end of the first half, did exactly the same thing. They marched down the field. Trubisky looked awesome. He looked crisp. He looked sharp. And uh, what happens? He gets picked off by Patrick Queen uh, over the middle, trying to hit Pat Fryermuth with seconds left in the first half. And Pittsburgh got nothing out of that drive. It's 13 to 7 at halftime. Uh, and then, of course, early in the third quarter, they're driving again. And Trubisky tries a uh, tries for a bomb, a deep ball to to uh, the ever-elusive Deontay Johnson. When I say ever-elusive, I mean in terms of finding him in the end zone for a touchdown. He gets picked off rather easily. And uh, that kills another drive. Um the Ravens ultimately made it 16 to seven late in the game uh, after a Chris Boswell field goal got blocked by uh, Calais Campbell, uh, a rarity uh, for, for for Boswell to have a, a kick block. I mean, for any kicker, but we're so used to Boswell coming in and just uh, being automatic. And did he miss kick if he would have wasn't blocked? He probably would have made it, but. Just as, and it wasn't his fault at all, but to see a, a, a missed kick from Boswell, it's just so rare. And, of course, the, the, the Ravens turned around and marched eight, eight uh, or they, they took eight, eight minutes off the clock. And, of course, Justin Tucker, who never misses ever, it would seem anyway, they kick a field goal with three minutes and 19 seconds left. Uh, it's looking pretty bleak, but... To their credit, the offense came back and quickly, with the help of some penalties, they, they quickly got back uh, got back into the game when when uh, Trubisky hit Fryermuth for a I think it was a ten yard touchdown with two thirty left. And at that moment, you know, Pittsburgh had two timeouts left. They had a two minute warning to, at their disposal. You just wanted that defense to go back one last time for the offense to. At least give Boswell a chance to win the game in the finals. To to get back to the game last week, you needed the defense to stop the Ravens one time and get the ball back and give the offense ample time to perhaps win the game. And uh, uh, you knew the Ravens were down to their third string quarterback at that point, Anthony Brown. You knew they were not going to run the ball or I'm sorry, they were not going to pass the ball. They ran it three straight times, easily picked up the first down. Ravens ran out the clock, and Pittsburgh's 5-8. and eight. And it was a really, really frustrating day, and not just because Mr. Trubisky threw three picks. That was really frustrating, because I'd say they probably left anywhere between 10 and 21 points on the field uh, in that game. But it was annoying because the defense, knowing that the Ravens came into the game with their second-string quarterback to begin with and were down to their third-string quarterback pretty early, you knew they were going to be a – it was going to be a run-heavy day for them. And what did they do? They rushed for 15 yards. The defensive line just got dominated. The, the, the front seven got dominated in the trenches. It was just, it was just a sad sight to see. You know, this one great front seven 
uh, see it get manhandled by the Ravens offensive line all game long, really. I mean, it was all game long. That was frustrating. It was sad. And uh, it's something that has to be addressed uh, moving forward. And I've been on the soapbox all season about the defense. You know, collectively as a fan base, we are too forgiving of the defense. We're always hard. We're, we're, we're never um, uh, shy about, about being critical of the offense. I mean, the offense can go three points in the game. But if, if they turn the ball over uh, a critical moment or if, they, if, if there's a, a, a bad play call at a critical moment and it costs them the game, then we're all over the offense and fire the coordinator. The quarterback sucks. This guy dropped the ball. Uh, get rid of Rashard Mendenhall for that fumble, right? You know, all that kind of that kind of thing. But if the defense gives up 16 points, it doesn't matter what else happens. If the defense gives up 16 points, it did enough to win. But if you watch that game on Sunday, just like if you watch the Patriots game and several other games this year, regardless of how much how many points they gave up in those aforementioned games, the defense failed the team, right? I mean. 215 yards, you, you allow the Ravens to control the tempo of the game, especially in the second half. Uh, you failed to get the ball back for, for the defense or for the offense one time. You know, the, uh, the defense, again, deserves just as much blame for that game as the offense. You can't just look big picture on one side of the ball. The other. You know, if you're not going to look big picture when the team scores 40 points, then you shouldn't look big picture when the team gives up 16 points. Not that we know what forty points looks like anymore, but you get the you get you get the drift. It was like that in the past. If the offense, when, when, when there was a much more explosive offense, and we were so critical of the of the calls and, and certain plays, you know, if they cost the team the game, so we need we need to do the same thing with the defense, regardless of total. You know, if you're if you're allowing your opponent to. Uh, impose its will on you on the ground uh, when you know darn right well if you if you took the runaway they, they were not they weren't going to be able to hurt you all that much in the with the pass because they were down to their backup quarterbacks then you have to own that as a defense and say we did not do enough to win this game so that's my rant about last week's game it was sad it was annoying and and the frustrating part, as I talked about last week, is you know you knew if they could if they could win this game if, if they could just win this game to improve quote to improve to six and seven, then they'd be in a pretty good spot as far as at least getting you know having a, a decent chance of going on a run down the stretch and, and being in in a, in the in in playoff hunt like really being in it not just you know. Um, hoping they were in it, but like legitimately being in the race with a month to go. Cause you know, the jets lost, which was uh, predicted. You had a Patriots one, the Chargers one, but still you're, you're, you're only a you would only have been a game back of three teams with a month to go and anything can happen with a month to go, you know, instead you're, you're, you're still two, three different teams. Your conference record is atrocious two and six. You can't get any better than five and six in that category uh, down the stretch. Uh, you know, you're already down to the Jets and the Patriots. So your margin for error is zilch. 
between I heard it was between one and four percent chance of making the playoffs at this point if you win out. And really, what are we talking about playoffs for anyway? Because they're not that good of a team. I mean, it, it's nice. It would be nice for it to happen because I'm always for that. As I said last week, give me playoff talk this time of year over a rebuilding talk and draft, especially draft talk. Gosh, we're going to talk about the draft enough as it is uh, between the end of the year and the time the, the, the draft comes around at the end of April. I don't need an, an extra month or two of it. So that's another reason why I wanted him to go on and run. But if we're being realistic, not a very good team. They need a lot of work. Uh, of course, they need, they need they need to figure out their defensive line. I think maybe that might be one of their top priorities going into next year. Even more so than the offensive line, I think. I think the offensive line has made some improvements. I know it's not a popular thing to say. Uh, I'm not ruling out that they go out and get a, a, a starting left tackle or, or whatever, right tackle, whatever, whatever. I'm not ruling that out. But I'd say at this point, maybe you might need to focus on the defensive line. Because as Jeffrey Benedict pointed out months ago, a lot of the problem with this, with, with the with the front seven, you know, especially starting last year, uh, against the Lions just being dominated. You know, this this unit used to be a, a, a strength. You know, you would have obviously Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, Tyson Alulu, uh, Javon Hargrave. I mean, it was a it was a, a a very talented and deep and and productive unit for them, and it's it's just not that way anymore. You know, Hayward's getting older. Uh, Ogan Joby's, you know, he's a pretty good player, but I think he's been dealing with injuries this year. And I think it's really affected his season. Um, uh, Chris Wormley, he's been a okay veteran. Now he's out, he's hurt. He's done for the year. Um, the Marvin Leal is, is a, a nice prospect, but he's been, uh, hurt and, and he's back, but you still don't know what you really have in him yet. You like, you like the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, potential, and he certainly showed us a lot before he got hurt and was placed on IR for a month. But we still don't know what we have in him if you're the Steelers. So that unit might need a lot more uh, focus than we originally thought. I think people were focusing on the offensive line uh, and maybe the secondary. But I think maybe you have to give the, the D line uh, some attention in this upcoming draft. So. All right. Uh, let's get into my next topic. And what is my next topic? My next topic is Mike Tomlin. He's sitting on, on the cusp for the first time in nine years, really, of his first losing season as a head coach. And the question is, with four games to go and no margin for error, will he defy the odds again and find a way to have a 16th, would it be 16? Yeah, a 16th straight non-losing season. Um, I am intrigued to find out. Because whether he has a losing season or not, it, it doesn't affect anything other than, you know, they might have a better draft pick. But I think uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's going to be funny to see what happens if he does have another non-losing season people are going to be mad about it and will they be mad for the right reasons are they going to be mad because um it, it gives them a, a a a lower draft pick and you know lower draft status in each round or are they going to be mad because they think it's like something that he cherishes and and the fans cherish 
And I don't know. I don't think it's anything that anybody really cherishes, to be quite frank. And I know Mike Tomlin said it himself when he was on the Ryan uh, Clark Pivot podcast back in the uh, in the summer. Uh, he said, "Look, I don't really think about that. I don't seek comfort, if you will, in uh, that streak. My only concern is is a championship. And if I any season that that ends short of that." Uh, it's a failure to me. That's what he said. Go back and watch it. He said it. So he's not really chairing it, at least not outwardly. As far as the fans, yeah, they do use it in arguments about in debates about Tomlin and his coaching prowess. But that's really because, I mean, the guy's been under uh, fire from the from his detractors, really, probably since about 2011, 2012, which to me was a little bit too early questioning whether or not Tomlin uh, uh, deserved to coach the team after what they had accomplished over his first four or five years. Now, if you want to be critical of him now, of course, go right ahead. Uh, but if you're, if you're wondering why people are always using the no losing seasons argument uh, to defend Tomlin, it's because, first of all, I think people have been too, overall, too critical of Tomlin over the, over, uh, the last decade or so. And number two, it seems like his detractors are mocking this uh, season. It's like, oh, you know, like, all right. As I said to somebody the other day, I never understood why that was a, a bone of contention with fans. His his record of non-losing seasons. Because guess what? It's hard. I don't have a record. Maybe right, and and uh, at the very least, you should be striving to have a winning record. And at least that part of his his uh, his program has been okay uh, during the course of his career. So why that's been a, a criticism of his, I don't, I don't know. Other than people just like to uh, be disagreeable. So all right. Let's see where we're at here time-wise. We're at the 23-minute mark. I think I'm going to take this, this time now to allow you to hear a word from our sponsors if you're listening to, to me on the audio side. I'll be back in a bit. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to yet another episode of, or the second part, I should say, of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack with your host Tony Defio. In the first half of the show, I I talked about the uh, I reviewed the uh, Ravens loss or the loss to the Ravens last Sunday, and I also talked about Mike Tomlin's uh, streak of non-losing seasons being in jeopardy. He's five. The Steelers are five and eight with four games to go. And uh, I just think it'd be funny, you know, again, whether they finish eight and nine or nine and eight or seven and 10 is really not that much of a difference to me, but it would be funny to see them finish nine and eight just to make people's heads explode for some reason, you know? So actually I think nine and eight in the first year without Ben Roethlisberger as your quarterback would be an accomplishment, especially when you consider it would be, you know, it would be a bounce back from being two and six. So, and Five and eight, which is, you know, a pretty bad in and of itself. So, 
All right, the heart of the, the title entered the discussion. Uh, believe it or not, after last Sunday's performance by Mitch Trubisky and with Kenny Pickett likely being out this Sunday against the Panthers on Friday, the fans have finally come around, at least a lot of them, and now they want Mason Rudolph to start game against the Panthers. And what did it take for Mason Rudolph to finally feel the love of the fans? Mr. Trubisky's struggles, at least as far as turning the ball over. And I kind of figured um, this would happen in the first year without Ben Roethlisberger as the quarterback. You know, obviously once Kenny Pickett became the starter, there would be no controversy. There would be no debate. But without Pickett in there, if he's injured or if you didn't have a Kenny Pickett, if he was, if Pittsburgh decided not to, not to draft the quarterback number one this year and you had Trubisky, Rudolph, and some third stringer, there was always going to be a, a debate. There was always going to be a controversy involving the quarterback situation. Because when you don't, when you don't have the person you think is your future yet. And now that Pickett's out, Rudolph is getting love because the fans are sick of Trubisky. Just like they were sick of Rudolph uh, through last Sunday because they had seen enough of him over his first, what, three years filling in uh, as, the, as, the, as the starter in, in place of Ben. They had decided they had moved, that, he, that they had seen enough from him and they were ready to move on. So they moved on to uh, Trubisky and Pickett. Pickett, again, is untouchable, but Trubisky is not. And now they've decided that Trubisky is not the answer. So they want to go back to, to uh, Rudolph. Um, and I, I'm here for it. I want to see it. Part of me wants to see it. Logically, it makes no sense. It makes no sense to bring in uh, Rudolph at this point. He's a lame duck player as far as his future with the team. He's a free agent after this year. He's not going to resign here, right? He knows he's not. He has no future here as a starter. He still wants to be a, a starter. He still has aspirations to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Whether he ever gets there or not, who knows? But he wants to. I'm sure he wants to find out once and for all if he can be the starter somewhere where, where he's not in the shadow of a, of a of a legend, right? So logistically and logically, it makes no sense to put Rudolph in there because number one, if they were eight, if they were eight and five. Right, if they were eight and five and they were fighting for a playoff spot or even a division title, then yes, I say let's see what Rudolph can do. Right, I, I you know, I, that would be legit because you're just trying to win every game, you know, and 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 try to get into the playoffs. But right now at five and eight, uh, you're not going anywhere. Presumably, it doesn't look like anyway. So why would you? Why would you? Uh, Yank out your your veteran backup, who's a, who's a captain on the team, by the way. You've already demoted him from starter to, to backup. Demote him again from backup to third stringer. Uh, he still has one more year on, under contract, right? You might need uh, need him next year to be your backup. Now, you know, if you decide to cut ties with him, or if, if he decides he wants to be traded or released, it's not going to cost you a whole lot financially, from what I understand. I'm no cap expert. I'm no contract expert, but from what I've read, uh, 
it won't kill their their cap next year if they decide buying from Trubisky. But you know how it goes. You know, you might have to rely on him next year. So why would you further damage that relationship? That seems to be it seems to be damaged already between Tomlin and Trubisky. He seems to be in Tomlin's doghouse, meaning Trubisky. Um, uh, why would you damage that 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 rela- relationship? Why would you uh, diminish his the respect that he has in that locker room by making him a third stringer just to see if you can win an extra game or two down the stretch? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Furthermore, you know, what if what if Rudolph goes in there and just plays lights out over the last month of the year. Then you're going to have people wondering. Maybe he is be the future. Maybe the future. You know, maybe Pickett's not there for all. Certainly isn't Trubisky, right? Maybe they made a mistake. Maybe they need, they need to bring Rudolph back and, 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 and have him as a future. You know, that's what people are going to start thinking. If, if Rudolph comes in, and plays really, really, really well over the last four games. It doesn't, no, there, history doesn't suggest that that can happen, but you never know. Sports is a crazy, uh, a crazy world. And, you know, we've seen crazier things than that. So, you know, you're really, by, by putting Rudolph in the mix, you're potentially really causing a, 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 a full blown quarterback controversy. And why would you want that if you're Mike Tomlin? That said, I still want to see it. Because it would just be too delicious of a story. Mason Rudolph go from this guy that was to me was irrationally hated. Like the hatred that people had for the guy seemed to be almost just absurd. You know, to see him go from that to this hero, this fan favorite, uh, a potential savior of the franchise in a matter of, of a month would be just fantastic and It'd be, it would, I'd get so much material out of it. It would just be, you know, I'm just picturing it. I, I want to see it happen, you know. So logically, it makes zero sense. But from an entertainment standpoint, from a writing standpoint, from a podcasting standpoint, from a debate standpoint, give it to me. So um, from what I heard on Friday, it seems like, they're hinting towards Trubisky being the starter this Sunday, but it doesn't mean that just because he starts that game that he'll finish the game. You know, um, we saw earlier in the year uh, how how um, eager uh, Pickett uh, uh, Tomlin was to get, get Trubisky out of there and, and and create a spark by putting Pickett in there maybe earlier than he thought he could. You know, my point with that is. Mike Tomlin, like a lot of head coaches, is only worried about the regardless of how it might affect the game. And he might decide to do whatever it takes to, to accomplish that. So uh, I wouldn't put it past Tomlin to uh, yank Trubisky if he's struggling again like he did um he didn't really struggle, struggle against the uh, Ravens, but he did make some key turnovers. Uh, I would, I would just, I, it wouldn't shock me one bit if, if he decided to, to yank Trubisky and put Rudolph in there, and that could really muddy the waters <laughs> moving forward. So, uh, 
I'm going to be paying close attention to that this Sunday because uh, it doesn't look like Pickett's going to play. I, I, if you're listed as doubtful right now and, and all that we know is concussions and it's his second one of the year, he's your franchise, he's your future, meaning Pickett, I think you have to play it safe. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if Trubisky started, but it also wouldn't shock me if he got yanked in the middle of the game in favor of Rudolph. What, to what end would Tomlin do that? Is he worried about um, uh, anything beyond next Sunday? Probably not. And that's why he would do it. So those are my thoughts for tonight. And I will, I will close out the show as I always do. And uh, take some questions and highlight some comments and let's see what we got. And we're really we're starting out, out out with fire right now from with uh, George, and he says, "Let's see here, trade Tomlin and pick at the Panthers for the next three years, first and second round picks." That's assuming that the Panthers would be willing to give up that much in draft picks. I almost said the C word. I don't like the C word, by the way, when it, when it comes to the draft. I hate that word. I, and, and just so you so we're clear, I'm not. I don't mean a four letter word. Let's just say it rhymes with crapital. Draft crapital. I hate that word. But that's a lot of draft picks. A lot of premium draft picks to give up uh, for, for a, you know, maybe for a head coach like Tomlin. That, you know, but Pickett, he's such an unknown. Why would they give up three, three first and second round picks for, for that? But, uh, you know, the Panthers to the Steelers because Tepper's from Pittsburgh. I believe he was an owner. Minority owner for the Steelers at one point. So, Thompson says Mason for president. I mean, I think he's a little bit too young right now to run for president, but you never know. It's a crazy world. This is about Trubisky. And uh, let me get this up here. And he says, New inventions, if you are saying Trubisky is timid, then you would be correct. But none of it matters. Tomlin and Canada are still in the picture. I don't even think they should be allowed to watch the game. Well, that's Jay from Facebook. But I don't know if, it's, I don't know if Trubisky's timid because he certainly didn't play timid last week. I think he was timid earlier in the year when he was a starter. But I think he was um, – he was doing that under under duress, under orders. I think the last two times we've seen uh, Trubisky against the Bucks and against the uh, Ravens, he looked more aggressive, and you know that might have been why he uh, he came up uh, with uh, three picks the other day. And for George Huber, Again, and he says, I could totally see the Steelers trading Trubisky to the Giants for a fourth round pick. Without that, would have to be in the in the offseason, the, they're past the trade deadline. But you never know. I mean, if uh, if they're charging somewhere, uh, Mason, or I'm sorry, Trubisky might want to move on. This is another from George Hoover. And he says, mark my words, Pickett and Tomlin will be gone in 2023. New head coach will want a new quarterback. They'll both be in Carolina in 2023. If Pickett is here, then I bet they draft a rookie quarterback as well. Second round pick. They are not going to trade Kenny Pickett. 
They might trade Tomlin. Who knows? But they're not going to trade Kenny Pickett. And I doubt they're going to trade Mike Tomlin. Let's see what else we have here. Yes. I guess I'm back to the point where let's see we moved down here. And it's one from George. George is very active tonight, by the way. George uh George Hoover is really uh the MVP of tonight's show. And he says, Mike Florio made mention of Dave Tepper really wanting Tomlin in Carolina. They need and will be looking for a head coach. This could be the story of the offseason in the NFL. I mean, that's easy to, for Mike Florio to make that connection because Tepper is from Pittsburgh. And he has a building named after him here, CMU building. And again, he's a, he was a former owner of the of heard that uh, Pittsburgh is is eager to to extend Tomlin this year, so before next year, so I I don't see it happening. But you know, uh, I know it would be celebrating if they did do that. So what else we have here? Uh, Jada Delete says. I'm pulling for Mason. Let's finish the year off without any more long-term injuries. That's a good point. That's one thing uh, that's been under discussed is some of these injuries as of late, especially Chris Wormley going out. Um, you know, that, that paid the way um, more playing time for for uh, Leal and and and, and louder milk. Let's see once and for all what they have in this guy. Right now, it doesn't look like a whole heck of a lot, to be honest with you. I I, I it seemed like um, he was trending up uh, coming into the season based off his rookie year, uh, but he really has not progressed. Uh, and you know, if if you're if you remember back to that 2021 NFL draft, he was a very uh, controversial pick. They they traded a, a future uh, draft pick uh, to move up in the fifth round to get him out of uh, what was Wisconsin was it? So yeah, or, um, I was hoping to see more from Loudermuck this year, and uh, it seems like he's regressed. Oh, well, I mean, not too many other people are, are uh, contributing, so I'm going to keep going back to George Hoover. And he says, take into account that Rudolph and Mitch will be gone. So I think the Steelers will be drafting another quarterback to back up Pickett or to replace Pickett. Look at what happened to Josh Rosen. Yeah, but Josh Rosen, a lot of his issue was his uh, attitude. You heard that coming in into the, into the pros, coming out of UCLA, that he had a bad attitude. I don't see them uh, – well, obviously, Rudolph's going to be gone, but you don't know where Trubisky – I mean, it, I, we're assuming that he's going to be gone, but – you know, if if uh, if they're looking for a, a veteran backup next year, um, behind Pickett, I mean Trubisky's okay. I mean, I think it's it's hard to find a better backup quarterback than you know, talented. He can move. Uh, uh, you know, he just had those th- three costly mistakes the other day, and they were three big mistakes. But he's not a totally useless quarterback. So. Provided he's willing to come back here next year, 
I see no problem with Trubisky being the backup. And a Steeler chick 40 Trubisky is still under contract for next year. So they would have to cut him or he would have to ask for, for his release or to be traded. And I mean, I could see that part happening. The, the second part, because I, you know, if he's, if he's uh, angry about his treatment this year, if he wants to go somewhere where he thinks he can compete for a starting job, then, you know, but uh, as far as his um, abilities as a backup, I think he's okay. I think he's, he's okay. And you're not going to get much better than him as a backup quarterback in today's NFL. And this one from the CUDA 70. Canada does not want Mason to play. Remember, he was a quarterback coach when he came here and does not like Mason. Well, that's just speculation. I don't think anybody knows that for sure. We know Ben didn't like Mason. That's definitely not a secret. And I think it's the feeling's mutual. Um, but we don't know about Canada. And this one's from Unhexable. Let's, well, let's be real here. Rudolph and Mitch are out of... <laughs> Here we go. I'll have the picture next year. So it's time to start thinking about drafting another quarterback. No, you know what? The model for when you have somebody like Pickett, a young guy, a rookie, um, the model is to have a veteran as a backup. So it's not time for them to start thinking about drafting another quarterback. It's time for them to to, to have a a veteran a, a quality veteran behind him or at least a reliable veteran behind him. And I think Trubisky is a reliable veteran. He's not a, you know, he's probably not a great, a great uh, long-term starting quarterback in today's NFL, but he's okay. He's talented. He's okay. You're not going to do much better than Trubisky. Now, if he does go, if he is out of here next year, they're just going to bring another veteran in and he's probably not going to be much better. He's probably going to frustrate you because backups are limited for a reason. They're backups for a reason. Now, if you're talking about drafting a, uh, a guy to be the third stringer. Um, yeah, okay. But it's probably going to be somebody in a six, seven, like, like, uh, like uh, Ola Dokin uh, was this year. And they're, not, they're not already going to bring in a, uh, they're not going to spend a second or a third round pick on a backup quarterback after drafting Pickett last year. It's just not going to happen. This one is from, from uh, John and Will Court from Facebook. And he says Mason is the best of the three with the deep pass. If the game plan versus the Panthers is run heavy and play action, then he makes sense. If it's more dink and dunk, then Trubisky, Trubisky is a better fit. That's a good point. Actually, that's a good point. I like that. All right. What else we have here? This one is from the Tribe. This is a pretty random quote. But it's 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 it's, uh, it's spot on. Burrow, meaning Joe Burrow, the Bengals quarterback, has that it factor. I could see the Bengals going back to the Super Bowl. I think that's what he mean. means. He says going back, but I think he means to the Super Bowl. I do know one thing. I don't know about the Super Bowl this year. He definitely had that it factor. That it I said it factor. Ha! The it factor. And I, I said this during the game last week. I said Kenny Pickett better be good. He better be a stud because. If not, Joe Burrow could Tom Brady, the AFC North for the next 10 years, meaning dominate the division 
like Brady did the AFC for however many years. So Joe Burrow is the real deal. And he's going to be here for a long time. And unless the Bengals really screw things up as far as their relationship with him, he's going to be their quarterback for as long as, say, Ken Anderson was their quarterback a long time. So Pittsburgh better find the answer at quarterback sooner rather than later, whether, whether it's Kenny Pickett or somebody else, they better find the answer. So let's all hope that Kenny Pickett is the guy because they're going to give him the chance for these next two plus years to prove it. So, you know, uh, the quicker they find that guy, the quicker they're going to be able to keep up with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Cause I think they're here to stay. I don't know about Lamar. I mean, you know, his contract situation is in quite the flux, if that's the right word. And uh, he might not even be here next year, meaning Baltimore. Um, as far as Cleveland, who knows? But, you know, Sean Watts, you know, he's under contract for a number of years, but who knows what, what, what's going to happen with him and them. But Joe Burrow is definitely here to stay. The Kuda 70 says, I wish Tomlin would tell us who is going to start? I hate this drama. Well, I mean, I think it's a lot of it's game gamesmanship, but a lot of it is uh, maybe they don't know yet. Maybe they're still holding out hope that Pickett will clear the protocol on Saturday. I doubt it, but that could be it too. All right. <coughs> and I'm going to highlight uh, George again. Tonight's MVP, the player of the game, the guy who's going to get the gold watch at the end of the game. Not from me, but hopefully from somebody else. And he says, this is exactly why the Steelers need a huge regime change, meaning Burrow, at head coach and down. Pittsburgh needs a head coach who will will develop a great coaching tree unlike Tomlin. I don't know. People are so obsessed with the coaching tree. But if you look at Bill Belichick, his coaching tree, it's pretty bare. I mean – I shouldn't say bear. He's produced a lot of fruit. He sent a lot of fruit out to the uh, other teams in the NFL, but they really haven't haven't uh, enjoyed the taste of that fruit. So, the coaching tree thing is 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 uh, I think it's overrated. I think it's something that people. It's a, it's a weird thing that people focus on. But I will say this: um, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine on Thursday, a longtime fan. And he said, I don't really enjoy going to the games anymore. Uh, I just, it's just not, it's not a burning desire. And I've been feeling that way for a while. And like I said, coming into this year, it's almost like something needs to be uh, shook up. And I thought the quarterback thing would do it, but maybe like they need a whole new direction. Who knows? Maybe it's time for a regime change. It's not going to happen, but maybe that's what, you know, We'll, uh, uh, we'll send him in a different direction as a new head coach. But I hate saying that too, because I, you know, I don't, I don't think they're going to make that kind of move. I think, I think Tomlin deserves a few years beyond Ben Roethlisberger to, to get this thing turned around. The problem is we don't have the patience for it. And yes, you know, there's a three uh, playoff wins in 12 years thing soon to be three in 13 years. So it's not just the last, it's not just a recent thing, but there were a lot of things with that with, with the last decade that were hard for them to overcome. You know, injuries at, at the wrong time, having a, a quarterback that took up so much of the salary, drafting in the 20s all the time because you had a, a quarterback good enough to 
to get you winning records, you know, so there's a lot that, that held them back as far as being able to rebuild the entire roster over the past 10 years. So maybe now moving forward, uh, we should give Tomlin the, the time to rebuild this roster and, and build team up again. Like Tom, like, Cower had. He had that opportunity in the late 90s when they missed the playoffs three years in a row. He rebuilt the roster. They had a lot of premium draft picks, a lot of high draft picks, and they were a contender again. You know, so uh, yes, things feel stale, and yes, you can make an argument that they need an entire regime change, but I'm not willing to go there quite yet. I think we have. I think we have to. We have to wait couple more years and see what happens uh, a, 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 a new quarterback a new GM a new GM assistant that kind of thing so on that note I think I'm going to bid you all adieu check back this week this weekend to Behind the Still Curtain we bring you uh, all the news uh, any breaking stories any injury updates involving Kenny Pickett who the starting quarterback is going to be between Trubisky and, and uh, Rudolph, if it's not Pickett, uh, check the, uh, the, 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 the post-game show. Check Sunday morning for the staff predictions on the game. Uh, so uh, please keep checking back uh, and enjoy that game on Sunday. And, you know, until I talk to you again, of course, as always, Go Steelers. Take care, everybody. Time to stop and check it out.